Hey, this is John from sunny California, and the reason I never listened to I Doubt It with Dollamore is because of Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining us on this 142nd episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, as sarcastically as one can sit, my lovely co-host, Brittany Page. That doesn't make any sense. You don't make any sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying to keep the energy level low as to not expend any unnecessary juice, if you know what I mean, because I'm I'm not feeling good. Oh, shocker. I am. Yeah, we hear it. I'm hoping so. I am going to be running with a cough drop in my mouth the entire very professionally. Uh, the whole room smells like menthol, so yeah. it's good. Well, I've got I've even pre-unwrapped several cough drops here. Oh, so that you don't make a noise like I would. Yeah, well, to keep my throat lubed. Oh, yes. Yeah, I got to keep it really lubed and good to go. That is typical for you. Otherwise, I'm going to be having to clear my throat and then making the decision whether to edit that. Mm-hmm. or leave it in, and you know, I just don't want to have to deal with all of that. Yeah, you know? well, also, you don't want to ruin everybody else's time of having to hear you clear your throat and make a bunch of noises. It, it, it is definitely a concern for me, the time that the audience has. But here's, here's another concern, is how often you are sick. I, who's it a concern for? I'm concerned. You're, you're oh, okay. You're concerned. Yes. Yeah. I'm not concerned. And I'm sure the listeners are concerned as well because how often have I been sick compared to how often you've been sick? I'm not saying that I'm super sick. I'm just saying I feel a little under the weather and conserving the energy sounds like a good course of action. Mm-hmm. So that's just what that's what I'm doing. I'm, All right. I'm trying to maintain the energy level. Okay. So no wacky morning DJ voice, you know what I mean? I I think that we will all appreciate that. All right. So before we move on with the show, I did want to talk about something. Are you ready? Something. (laughs) Hopefully you want to talk about many things because this is a podcast. It is true. This is a podcast. And it usually runs about an hour 15. So you need to have some stuff to talk about. Well... As you know, Brittany Page, you and I recently went out and saw Trainwreck, mm-hmm. the Amy Schumer movie. Right. I'm having she a, wrote it. She wrote it, and Judd Apatow directed it. Right. With Bill Hader and LeBron James. LeBron James, And yeah. John Cena. Really, very, very funny movie. Um, and I've already been admonished not to say that we're not a movie review podcast. So, for the audience's sake, I'm not going to say... That we're not a movie review podcast because that would really make Britney mad. So I definitely want to keep my co-host happy and not say, (laughs) for sure not want to say that we are not a movie review podcast. Okay, it's just every time we talk about movies, you have to say, we're not a movie review podcast. (laughs) 
I think if we talk about movies sometimes, it's okay, and we don't lose the overall demographic that we're trying to reach. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So, that being said, that we're not a movie review podcast, it's hard to talk with a cough drop in your mouth, by the way. Um, It was an awesome movie. In saying that, it bothers me when I read reviews of movies, and people that just completely shit on this movie out of hand and i don't get it well i was laughing so hard throughout the entire thing when i wasn't laughing i was crying so hard that i was almost making noises you had to maintain right yeah, yeah. like i was suffocating myself to prevent myself from making going into audible full, sobbing go into full blubber mode yes and i was the same way i you know i've, I've talked about it on the show many times I'm a crier. I'm an emotional guy. So I'm not ashamed of that. It's not like an unusual occurrence for me to cry. But this is a movie that to say, oh, I laughed, I cried. It's true. Very, very true. This movie elicited all of those emotions. It was very psychologically intelligent. Yeah. Like the family connections, Amy and her dad and her sister and in all these aspects of the movie. It was a very smart movie. And it also has, you know, the dirty comedy that you expect from Amy Schumer. Right, right. But it is weird to see people making comments about how she has nothing to offer. She's just using like fart jokes or something. I think she well, has very intelligent comedy. One, fart jokes are fucking funny. <laughs> That's just the way it is. <laughs> Two... Amy Schumer acted her sick ass off in this movie. Yes. Really, really well. Yes, really good. So we if you have a chance to go see this, don't sleep on the moment. It is an awesome... I gave it five stars on Flickster, on my Flickster app. Yeah, you did. Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. I mean, listen, we're not a movie review podcast, <laughs> but I gave it five stars. <laughs> oh, God. But we hadn't been to the movies in a while because I think maybe the last one we saw was... A bummer for us and we kind of have written it off for a while or maybe there just haven't been good movies coming uh, out i think that's more likely what it is what happens is we go through periods where well the other thing is and we we haven't that's going to sound like a hard edit and that wasn't <laughs> uh the other thing is is the, the two theaters that we go to typically are overrun by the elderly we've talked about that many times on mm-hmm, the show mm-hmm. so we have to really calculate what movies we go spend our money on because I don't want it to be a bummer. Well, we also had a situation during Trainwreck where a girl sitting next to us came to the movie alone and she like took out a oh, full yeah. meal. She had a, like flame broiler, which is a you get a like a rice bowl with meat and veggies in it. She had like a full yeah. meal that she was Just eating. Stinking up the place. Yeah. I, it was very strange. I mean, I, it smelled delicious, but right. goddamn when you're having to spoon giant portions of food into your sock yeah it's like beef and broccoli and rice (laughs) it's kind of a difficult thing to eat while you're in your seat at the movies and she just pulled out this giant meal and started eating it in the theater i don't know it's weird it's kind of bold because those people come in and check and see what you're up to in the movie quite often i wouldn't be as uh i'd be afraid of the confrontation you know what i mean oh i bet i bet you would be no i mean to be confronted by a by a, a theater worker. Well, because it would be a little, embarrassing. A little pimply-faced teenager. It would be kind of embarrassing. Ab- absolutely, yeah. I'm not saying like the, I'm afraid of con- confrontation generally. But if a teenager doing, in the course of their duty, doing their job, come up to you and say, hey, sorry, you got to put that away. 
there's only two ways it goes down. You're either a dick to the kid. Right. Or you or are you, a turd. Or you're being told what to do by a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you please get rid of your giant bowl of flame broiler, please? Yeah, and if you're a dick to the kid, then you just look like a total asshole. Yes, it's in true. In front of hundreds of people. It's true. Or you look like you got fucking told <laughs> <laughs> by a stupid kid. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, before we do move on, though, a little bit of follow-up. Two episodes ago, episode 140 <laughs> with Ryan Bell. I love how it's written on the board. What? What you're about to say. Mormons oh. are a no-go. Mormons are a no-go. <laughs> that is what is on the rundown board. Uh, I got a voicemail from the young elder Hubba to Hubba, whatever his last name is. And he informed me, as I suspected would be the case, that he talked to his mission president... And they're not going to be able to do the show. Yeah. Yeah. We we talked about this a couple episodes ago with Ryan Bell, that while waiting for Ryan to show up, a couple of Mormon missionaries knocked on the door, and we told them, oh, we're getting ready. We thought you'd be somebody else. I host a podcast. He's getting ready to be here. They're like, oh, we'd love to be on your show. They invited themselves right. as guests on the show. Which is fine. Oh, it worked out perfect. Mm-hmm. I told them there's not a chance, no fucking way that your higher-ups are going to let you do it. And they said, oh, no, we're on some special... Yeah, they said they can do that kind of stuff, that they go on radio shows and they talk about it. Right. Maybe, like, PBS or something. I don't know. Well, here's what I think. I think either... Because I also gave them two business cards. So right. they went away and they could go listen to the show. Right. <laughs> so my reputation preceded me in this case, and I'm sure that they shut that down real quick. Well, they could also... They said they were on Facebook and, you know, they had an iPad, I think, with them. Yeah, they said that they were they, some kind of experimental thing, some kind of a mission that's an experiment huh. where they're more socially connected. Yeah, because I always thought that Mormons, while they're on their missions, they couldn't even like have a cell phone right like, yeah, you, yeah you very rarely can make phone calls back home that's right you have to write letters and yeah the phone number that called me and i'm not going to read the phone number but it's a 714 number and um it's lds missions is what came up on the caller id hmm. so they're connected yeah anyway they won't be coming on the show but he did obviously very nice super sweet kids he said that he they'd love to have dinner with us or come and talk with us apart from actually coming on and broadcasting their message to however many people happen to be listening. So <laughs> we would like to have them over for dinner and that will happen. And of course, when that does happen, we'll secretly record the audio. Ah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, we'll of course report back. That would back. be illegal in the state of California. No, I know. We most certainly will not be doing we that. We would never do yeah. that. I am making myself sound very unethical. <laughs> We wouldn't do that. We have to. How many times are we going to say we won't do it? We would not do it. Everyone yeah, knows. But you're, you're the one who always plays it straight. When you say we're going to do now it, everyone's I have scared. to trip all over my fucking <laughs> self to say we're not going to do that because we're not going to do yeah, that. We're not going to do that. Uh, all right. Moving on. Kim Davis. We talked about her a few weeks ago. The county clerk for Rowan County in Kentucky. Moorhead, Kentucky. Remember, she has prayed and fasted of course because that's what you do when you want answers from your invisible deity however the lawsuit that was filed against her by the aclu the american civil liberties union looks like it's going to go forward 
right? She is the first one to be sued by the ACLU, even though several other clerks are refusing to give marriage licenses. That's right. And this lawsuit against her is alleging the unconstitutional denial of same-sex marriages on behalf of four Rowan County couples, gay and straight. The case is seen by some as pitting the First Amendment, guaranteeing freedom of religion against the 14th Amendment, guaranteeing the right of equal protection of the law, and as one that will set a precedent for similar lawsuits to come. And so a spotlight has been focused on a county that is not used to the glare of national media attention. Obviously, this is a really small county in Kentucky. Very rural. But... Kim Davis, you know, she's trying to explain why she reached this decision. And Davis has said that she prayed and fasted for months before (laughs) reaching her decision not to give the marriage licenses. She says, if I authorize that, I'm saying I agree with it and I can't. She says she's a member of a local apostolic church, which is part of the Christian faith. She says she believes the Bible is, quote, God's holy word and that it defines marriage as strictly between one man and one woman. So is she does it say anywhere in that article that she is not going to be giving marriage licenses to people who have previously been divorced? I don't think that interests her. Does it say anything in there about her not giving marriage licenses to people who who eat shrimp or wear linen and cotton blended together as one fabric. You know, it it doesn't say anything about that. <laughs> Weird that she's choosing that one particular thing, that one particular sin as it were in the Bible, um to not do her job. Yeah, it's really unfortunate and it's it begs the question, would she be okay if, you know, someone had 700 wives and 300 concubines? Right. Would she be okay with that? Because, yeah. I mean, that's in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. In so, fact, is that biblical marriage, Men though? of God did that in the Bible. Solomon or David, a man after God's own heart, it says in the Bible. So, this is interesting. She says, quote, if I resign, it solves nothing and helps nobody. Except for all of the loving homosexuals <laughs> who want to get married legally in your in your county. Yeah, except for that's actually probably the solution. Ugh. The solution, right? God damn. All right. Up next in the follow-up segment would be Charlie Abdo. They have decided that they are no longer at all ever going to draw Mohammed. Right, the senior editor-in-chief who survived the attack on Charlie Hebdo um, after 12 of his colleagues were murdered has said that he is no longer going to draw cartoons of the Muslim prophet Muhammad. Probably better for his health. This comes just a few months after another cartoonist at Charlie Hebdo said that drawing the prophet Muhammad no longer interests him. Yeah. And... Michael Moynihan wrote a article about this and he said, quote, this is an entirely understandable surrender to violence, though disappointingly one that is cloaked in euphemism. And he expresses the sentiment that he totally understands why they decided to do this. I mean, 12 of their colleagues died. Yeah, sure. it feels like they've lost this fight. The threat of death is real. Right. And we're just cartoonists. It's not like they signed up to go to the battlefield. They're they're just satirists. Right. And so they through drawing these cartoons, 12 people died and it just seems like they're not willing to deal with that anymore. Moynihan puts that very well. He really that's so awesome that 
that it's completely understandable, but disappointing nonetheless. Right. Yeah. So right. who can blame them kind of a thing. Yeah, sure, sure. All right. And then lastly, uh, a little bit more detail about the Chattanooga maniac, the Chattanooga maniac, Mohammed Abdelaziz, who killed the five service members. The FBI is now, d- d- like we said, they're going to be, they're diving deeply into his writings and his text messages and his searches, his search history. And they have come up with some new details. Right. Apparently, last week, he did an online search for militant Islamist guidance on committing violence that he may have believed would wipe away in the afterlife his sins on earth, including drug and alcohol abuse, an arrest, and a lost job. The internet searches were discovered on electronic devices such as his smartphone, and this was confirmed by the FBI lab in Virginia. Several counterterrorism officials confirmed this to ABC News. Of course, they in this article say there is no evidence so far that he was inspired by or directed by ISIS to carry out a bloody attack. So even though he was making these searches, there is still no direct connection to a terrorist organization overseas. Right. He just uh, at some point had some feeling of of, of being radical, of, of being radicalized. Right. Because you don't just one day wake up and you're just a regular old Muslim who happens to pray five times a day to going and buying, acquiring guns to commit mass murder. Something went haywire. Right. Something had to have influenced him. Something happened along the way. And hopefully as they continue to search his computer, they find some answers. And it doesn't have to be ISIS either. I mean, listen, the entire philosophy... There are large swaths within the philosophy of Islam that would lead someone, if they are reverent and devoted to the texts, to become this type of killer. Because it's a, it's a violent philosophy. The faith is. So is Christianity. They just lost. They lost that in, in the Reformation. In, in modernity, they became more peaceful and started being a lot more picking and choosing and cherry picking what they want to and don't want to follow. Right. And that's what Islam sorely, sorely needs. All right. Moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dolomore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. So this week, big in the news, there is a police officer named Brian Insignia. Insignia. Is that how you say it? I would not be the person to ask. <laughs> I feel like you should know that. Brian Insignia pulled over a young lady named Sandra Bland. 28 years old. For a routine traffic stop. It appeared in the video that has been released in subsequent days that he had sped up behind her and she moved off to the side a little bit to let her let him go around. And then he subsequently pulled her over for not signaling her lane change. Right. So we're going to play a couple clips here to kind of give you some a flavor for what went on. He pulls her over. He goes and gets her information from her. 
She explains her situation, what happened. It's it's a pretty standard back and forth between them. In the beginning. That's right. Several minutes go by, like with any traffic stop, when he goes back to his car. And he returns to her car, and she's bothered. She's, you know, she's flipping him some shit. She's giving him a little tood, as mm-hmm, it were. Mm-hmm. And he asks her, are you okay? Like, what's, what's your problem kind of a deal? And that is where we start the clip. I wanted to give you a little background to what had happened up till this point. It was just a standard license of registration. How long have you been in Texas? And then he comes back, and this is what happens. You okay? I'm waiting on you. you. This is your job. I'm waiting on you. What do you want me to do? Oh, you seem very irritated. I am. I, I really am. What I'm getting a ticket for. I was getting out of your way. You were speeding up, tailing me. So I move over and you stop me. So yeah, I am a little irritated, but that doesn't stop you from giving me a ticket. So that's the ticket. Are you done? You asked me what was wrong and I told you. Okay. So now I'm done, yeah. Okay. You mind putting out your cigarette, please, for mine? I'm in my car. Why do I have to put out my cigarette? Well, you can step on out now. I don't have to step out of my car. Step out of the car. Step out of the car. No, you don't have the right. Step out of the car. You do not have the right to do that. I do have the right. Now step out or I will remove you. I refuse to talk to you other than to identify myself. Step out or I will remove you. I am getting removed for a failure. Step out or I will remove you. I'm giving you a lawful order. Get out of the car now, or I'm going to remove you. And I'm calling my I'm going to yank you out of here. Okay, you're going to yank me out of my car? Get out. Okay, all right. 25. Let's, let's do this. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah. Don't, don't touch me. Get don't out of the car. Me. Don't touch me. I'm not under arrest. You don't have the right to say You are under car. arrest. I'm under arrest for what? 25. For what? 7 County FM 1098. Just for what? 290. Send me another unit. Get out of the car. You know the unit FM. Get out of the car now. Why am I being apprehended? You're trying to give me a ticket. I said for get failure? out of the car. Why am I being apprehended? You I'm giving you a lawful order. order. You I'm going to drag you out of here. So you're going you're to drag me out of my own car. Get out of the car. And then you I will light me? you up. Get out. Wow. Now. Wow. Get out of the car. Really for a failure to signal. You're doing all of this for Get a over there. So a lot of stuff's going on there. It's It's hard to listen to. Well, let's give a little little jump ahead in the story. She was in jail, brought to jail. She was there for three days. Keep in mind, this is for a traffic stop. For a failing to signal. That's what she was pulled over for. And three days after she had been in jail for three days, they found her dead in her cell. Now, the Texas authorities are claiming that she killed herself. But the investigation is going forward as a murder investigation as of right now. Well, and she was officially arrested for assault on a public servant. That's right. That's what the officer ended up writing in his affidavit. Right. We're, we're going to get to that, too. But have that in your mind because it's comical, given what, given what you just heard. That's exactly right. Now, he, he comes back to the car, and she's, she's probably visibly bothered by... Getting a ticket for this bullshit. Like most people Like are. anytime you get a ticket, even if it's justified, you're not happy. Right. And so he asks her, he says, are you okay? And then she says, she lists her grievance. 
I think it's crap that you're giving me the ticket for this because this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. And she said it with her attitude. Mm-hmm. And he says, are you done? Right. Are After you, there had been a silence, by the way. Are you done? Just being a dick. Well, the only time someone says, are you done, is because they're being hostile. Right. And then she says, yeah, I am done. To which he didn't elicit the response that he wanted, clearly. Right. So then he says, go ahead and put out your cigarette, please. Please. Right. He since, says. Since he didn't escalate the situation with the, are you done? Right. He, I think that's what... The, my my beat on this when I listen to it and when I watch it is that that's what he wanted. He wanted this to further so he could either drag her out of the car or take her out and harass her a little bit. Right. So when that didn't work, he tells her, it very sarcastically asks her, would you put out your cigarette, please? Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm in my car. I don't have to put out my cigarette. Mm-hmm. And then he steps back and he says... All right, get out. Get he, out of the car. We'll go ahead and step out. Go of ahead the and car. step out. And he throws his clipboard. Right, right. So that's when the the scuffle started. She's trying to record him. He ends up throwing, slamming her on the ground, mm-hmm. throws her to the ground, hits her head, allegedly hits her head. And another officer shows up. And you can't see any of this on the video, by the way. They go out of frame for the entire right. time that she is on the ground. So you can just hear what's going on, but you can't see anything. And prior prior to all of that happening, when they go out of frame, he screams at her, I'm going to light you up while having the taser aimed at her. Right. And at this point, again... Like point blank range right at her. Yeah. At this point, again, nothing has happened except for she has had a little bit of an attitude. She hasn't cussed at him. She hasn't been overtly hostile. No, I mean, she was all. just irritated. He asked why she was irritated. She answered him. She also didn't call him any names until the scuffle, until he had yanked her out of the car and the scuffle ensued. Right. And then she started using some names. That's right. <laughs> so the officer goes back to his car after she has been cuffed and put into another vehicle, he goes into his car and immediately calls his supervisor and tries to play up, play down the situation by playing up his particular method by which he arrested her. He, the way this starts is him trying to explain how he was trying to de-escalate this situation the entire time. Escalator and it wasn't getting anywhere at all. And that, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to put the taser away, you know, I tried talking to her, calming her down, and that was not working. Well, I know that was when she was in cuss. I mean, I'm trying to get her detained, get her just calm down and just, you know, calm her down. Just Stop throwing your arms, stop, you know, whatnot. She never swung at me, but she just flailing, stomping around and, and all kind of stuff. I said, all right, that's that's enough. And that's when I detained her. And uh, the air started going on. She started kicking and kicking. That's a completely false timeline of what happened, by the way. So... Yeah, and once it's all, once I got her 
need the back of the forward, that's, that's why I'm calling you now, because... No, we're, we're in the middle, we're in the middle of the traffic stop. And, uh, nothing, the traffic stop was not completed. I was trying to get her out over the sign. And, you know, and, and just explain to her what was going on because I couldn't even, I couldn't even get to do what I was telling her. I mean, she just started going, this is an MF and you give me an MF and ticket for a lane change. I mean, she just started going. Lies, I just back lies, and I was like, lies. Are you done, ma'am? I need to tell you why and what I'm giving you. And it just kept on going. So he said, I said, are you done, ma'am? I need to tell you why I'm giving you this ticket. No, you didn't. None right. of that happens. You're, you're flat out lying. It's when a little kid is caught doing something wrong. This is exactly what they do. They start lying and trying to get out of the situation because you know what you did is wrong. But he also knows that it's recorded. So why isn't he just being truthful? I don't know. I think he lost. Well, he lost it. He lost his cool. He's not capable or qualified to be a police officer because to be a police officer you need i heard someone say on cnn today that when you put on the the uniform and you put on the badge you also need to put on a thicker skin mm -hmm. because you're not always going to be dealing with you know ned flanders from the simpsons <laughs> hi diddly ho officer Reno. right you're, you're you're dealing with people who are pissed off who you're you're dealing with people who are at the bottom of their life in the worst moments of their life often. Right. Well, no one is happy to be pulled over. It makes you late for wherever you are going. It's possibly going to cost a lot of money ticket wise and insurance wise. Well, just financially, we could talk about that. I mean, she was placed in jail with a $5,000 bond mm -hmm. because she was put in jail for assaulting a police officer. Which so never would have happened. That's If he had not even just asked her to put out her cigarette. Right which he had no right to do. It wasn't in his purview as a police officer to do so. But about the money thing, so she gets put in jail, $5,000 bond. She's clearly not in a great financial situation because she couldn't even come up with a $500 fee to pay a bondsman, a bail bondsman, right. to get out of jail. So even $500 was difficult for her. So this is the affidavit that he wrote. He filled out his paperwork, like right? His, his police report. Right. Giving the account, giving the accounting of the events. And after he says, you know, the day it happened, the time it happened, who she was, this is how he starts it. I had Bland exit the vehicle to further conduct a safe traffic investigation. Bland became combative and uncooperative. Numerous commands were given to Bland, ordering her to exit the vehicle Bland was removed from the car, but became more combative. Bland was placed in handcuffs for officer safety. Bland began swinging her elbows at me and then kicked my right leg in the shin. Oh, I had a pain in my right leg and suffered small cuts on my right hand. Uh, oh, wow. Force was used to subdue Bland to the ground to which Bland continued to fight back. Bland was placed under arrest for assault on a public servant. The vehicle was inventoried and released, blah, blah, blah. She was transported and booked into the jail for assault on a public servant. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. Now, I've usually defended cops when this kind of stuff happens, yeah. saying, well, people should just maybe 
be a little more cautious, you know, because of my own experiences with the police. I was raised to fear the police. And my parents told me, if you ever get pulled over, you keep your hands on the wheel. You do not move. Do not reach for your purse. Yeah. They're from L.A. So they were used to the LAPD killing everyone. And there, that was an epidemic in the early 90s. Right. So I was raised with that fear. And I still have it. Whenever I see a cop on the road, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> you know. And so I kind of had that attitude. But in watching this video, it is extremely clear that this cop is out of line from the very beginning. Absolutely. He's out of line. Yeah, and hear, the, the, the thing about it is even watching CNN now, all these the, the guys who usually are completely siding with the cops, not all of them, but many of them aren't doing that they're they're saying yeah this guy yeah it's it's really indefensible yeah i mean what do you what are you supposed to say it shouldn't be this yeah it's the police you need to obey everything and treat them how they want to be treated which is kiss their ass essentially or you're going to get dragged out of the car it shouldn't be that way well he's got an inferiority complex whether it be because of his size because he's not a large man or just because he feels bad about himself failure in the military or whatever drove him to want to be a cop to want to have authority over others right if i'm working with or if i'm dealing with any other state or county employee like if i'm at the dmv and the clerk is being rude to me i don't need to fear how i'm speaking to the clerk because of how they're going to harm me it shouldn't be any different with the police you're right yeah she should have been able to express her frustration okay you're irritated that's fine yeah, getting even tickets if, is even not if she fun. starts using salty language. Calm down, guy. Yeah, you don't need to throw the clipboard down on the on the hood of the car, rip the car door open. You get out of the car. I'm I mean, light you up. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's insane. And thankfully, there's video in this case because think about the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of incidents every year that there's not video, and the cop just says. Oh, this is what happened, Judge. Right. And the judge says, oh, you're right. That's probably what happened. It's scary. Bangs the gavel. Whoever goes to jail. It's terrifying. Yeah. No good. But this video, so there was some controversy with the video. It was released. It was put on YouTube. Yeah. The the Texas State Highway Patrol or whomever, Department of Transportation and Safety or whatever, they have a YouTube channel and they released it early this morning. Right. And so it was a 52-minute long video that was released the first time and there was some issues with it that have subsequently been called glitches yeah but what appeared to be editing so it was a 52 minute video around 25 minutes into the video there was a tow truck driver and he was seen exiting his truck then about 15 seconds later he can be seen exiting his truck again without ever having returned to his vehicle yeah it's the same shot of him Walking out of from in frame by the truck out of frame while putting his hands in his pockets. Right. So you're seeing this happen and, and you're watching it and you think uh, th- that's not right. right. But the audio is uninterrupted. That's right. Which is very strange because the video is having some sort of glitch, but the audio is fine. Yeah, I. that's exactly what when I was thinking about this is if and the audio and, and video are on, you know, it's all kind of intermingled in because mm-hmm. when you solo one track. The other, you can hear the other, so it's it's odd. And they they say that they've submitted the video to the FBI forensics lab at Quantico, Virginia. 
we'll see what happens. But when they re-released the video... Without the glitches... Yeah, it went from 52 minutes... To 48. To 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. So four minutes were lost in somewhere, and apparently there's no content that's missing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that happens. Yeah. It's very strange. It just, it seems too fishy to, I don't know. Yeah, something's up. And, you know, I think in the in the coming days, again, everybody stay calm. We'll find out what happened. Everyone, we will get to the bottom of this. But it is just another case of police who are drunk on power, who are drunk on the authority that they have, and treating the citizens whom they've swore to protect like dogs yeah it's it's unconscionable the sad thing about this is that she sandra bland sandy bland was kind of a uh, black lives matter kind of an activist yes she had a like a youtube channel or she put videos out on her facebook page Mm -hmm. and this i guess sandy speaks or it was like her like a little a show she would put on or, mm-hmm. you know, that was her her vlog, I guess, Sandy Speaks. And she, this is one of her videos from April. This is a portion of one of her videos from April. Good afternoon, my beautiful kings and queens. It is Wednesday, April 8th, 2015. Hopefully you are out there or were out there this morning doing something productive, successful, something that is going to help establish your kingdom and queendom. Today, Sandy Speaks is going to focus directly on my white people. White people. Yes, black people know that all lives matter. But what I need you guys to understand is that being a black person in America is very, very hard. Although you all love to say, oh, nobody should see race. People are the reason that racism is still alive. Well, what kind of people are the reason? Black racists have no power, whereas white racists do. They have power because they are in positions of control or they're in positions where they can influence the control over black people. Yes, that is very true. So to my friends who want to get on my videos and they're compl- they're upset about the picture that I posted, oh well, I will not apologize for it because at the moment, black lives matter. They matter. So this is especially upsetting because she was an advocate and a a voice in the community. And now that voice has been removed by something she fought against. A sad irony that she is a victim of the very thing that she was fighting against. Right. And even with the her committing suicide controversy. Her family is saying that she didn't commit suicide and something must have happened. And so it's being investigated. Uh, When she was checked into the jail, she filled out an intake form and she indicated that she had a previous suicide attempt in 2014 over the loss of her baby, I believe. And the jail apparently still allowed her to have access to something in her cell, a trash bag that allowed her to hang herself And that is not appropriate protocol. If someone indicates that they have a previous suicide attempt, that puts them at risk for suicide. Yeah. The greatest, the strongest predictor of suicide is a previous suicide attempt. And anyone who's who's working in these communities should know that. 
and be taking the proper precautions to protect people. And be up to date in their training, especially in these types of positions. Right. So like I said, we'll, we'll wait this out. We'll see what happens. We'll definitely be following it in the coming days. And I expect um, some unfortunate details to come forth. So very sad. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, number 16 has officially joined the race, John Kasich. I am here to ask you for your prayers, for your support, for your efforts, because I have decided to run for President of the United States. He wants my prayers, Brittany. Mm. My prayers. So, John Kasich, governor of Ohio, is officially in the race for the Republican nomination for president of these United States. And he's already in 12th place in the national primary polls with a net favorability rating of just three percentage points. (laughs) But he's in 12th place. Mm -hmm. He only needs to make up two places. (laughs) To get into the debate on August 6th. Yes. Yeah. So let's do our famed on the issues for Governor John Kasich. Okay. Or or Senior Kasich. Yeah. So let's start with who he is. Nine-term congressman, six-year Fox News host. He was the budget chairman while he was in Congress. And now twice elected governor of the crucial swing state, Ohio. So we'll start with foreign policy. And by crucial, Brittany means you cannot get elected or it hasn't happened in in modern times. Uh, You don't get elected without taking Ohio. It's a crucial, crucial swing state. Crucial with a capital C. Or a capital K for Kasich. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's enough. Mr. Kasich says the United uh, States, as part of NATO, will probably have to send combat troops to Iraq to battle the Islamic State. He calls himself a, quote, strong and emotional supporter of Israel and returned to the House of Representatives in March for the first time in 15 years to attend Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's address in which he criticized President Obama's efforts to reach a deal to curtail Iran's nuclear program. He supports providing arms to Ukraine to help it fight Russian-backed rebels, which Obama has resisted how about same-sex marriage I, I know where he comes down on this and it's a bummer but go ahead mr Kasich said he believes in traditional marriage between a man and a woman but after the supreme court recognized the right to same-sex marriage he said it was time to move on rather than to seek a constitutional amendment to let states prohibit same-sex marriage as some conservatives want so that's a positive for you that's more moderate i mean he's still believes it's between a man and a woman but he says it's time to move on like i'm shifting it doesn't matter anymore whether they believe that Mm -hmm. because those who are crazy about it they're the constitutional amendment crowd Mm -hmm. which meh how about immigration mr Kasich says he would consider granting legal status to those in the united states illegally if they registered and paid a fine he has also generated criticism from fellow republicans for saying he was open to considering mr obama's plans for an immigration overhaul quote we've got to look at broader immigration reform because some people are waiting in line 25 years to come to the united states that, that's almost precisely the way i feel about it that our system is is 
sluggish. It's not sluggish is not even the word. It's broken. You shouldn't have to wait 25 years if you're otherwise qualified to enter and get into the process. So good for him on that. Well, and if he's looking to consider President Obama's plans, yeah, yeah. Well, it just that's means very moderate. It would mean he is more moderate. He is more able to reach across the aisle, look across the aisle in making agreements with the other side. How about the environment? Unlike many of his Republican rivals, Mr. Kasich believes that climate change is a problem. Quote, I don't want to overreact to it. I can't measure it all, but I respect the creation that the Lord has given us, and I want to make sure we protect it. But he criticized government intervention, particularly when it comes to regulating coal, a major Ohio industry, saying that, quote, to be unilaterally doing everything here while China and India are belching and putting us in a non-competitive position isn't good. Recently, the United States reached an accord with China, setting targets for reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah, I read the other day, I think the, I think the number, and this is just me recalling something from memory, but I think... I'm not even going to do that with the number, but China, overwhelmingly, China, their electricity comes from coal. And they have a billion people, over a billion people that they need to have electricity. It's a very interesting. Yeah, it's So we could do, even if we had a zero carbon footprint as a country, you still have India and China going fucking gangbusters with the global warming. Mm-hmm. So... We do need to do something different, but we also need to enter into some kind of a a treaty or an accord with these other crazy polluters like China and India to to make it better. Because it's not just us who's going to get the job done. How about education? He supports the Common Core, set of national education standards meant to raise students' proficiency in math and English, which many conservatives have attacked. So, again, this is another oh, thing that sets him apart. Almost all. Right. But he says that in Ohio, quote, those standards are set and the curriculum is set by local school boards. Which I agree with. I think that's a a more workable solution than some national entity telling local communities how they should educate. It's not as effective. All right. And last budget and the economy. And this would be his uh, his forte because he was the budget chairman of the House of Representatives for many years. So he broke with other conservative governors by accepting funds for the expansion of Medicaid under President Obama's Affordable Care Act, though he has said he opposed the law. The expansion made 275,000 Ohioans eligible for Medicaid. Kasich has in recent years defended the social safety net, taking issue with fellow Republicans who slash poverty programs. Quote, I'm concerned about the fact there seems to be a war on the poor, he said in 2013. He has pointed to his experience as a fiscal hawk as chairman of the House Budget Committee during the Clinton administration when he proposed alternative budgets that cut federal spending, including military appropriations and entitlements like Medicaid. As Ohio governor, though, he emphasized his record of balancing budgets, cutting taxes, and most important, creating jobs, though critics have said he partly benefited from an improving national economy. Right. So that's very moderate, because how often do you hear those in the conservative side talking about a war on the poor? Yeah. Well, he he also has kind of a, an aggressive style about him, kind of like um, Chris Christie mm-hmm. when speaking to people. And he, he his... His passion really is more about the poor. It's not 
slashing welfare and because those freeloaders need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. You know what I mean? Yes. So 538 has an article running right now that says John Kasich, a Jeb Bush and John Huntsman clothing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. M- many of you might not know who John Huntsman is, but he ran for president uh, in 2008 in that crowd when McCain lost to Obama the first time. He is Mormon. He is a Mormon. He is a former diplomat, a former ambassador to China, mm-hmm. speaks Chinese fluently, very smart guy, a very capable, uh, very moderate as well. Right. So 538 says Kasich, like Huntsman, is adored by the media, is seen as too moderate by GOP voters and appears to enjoy telling Republicans they're wrong. In Politico, it was pointed out that Huntsman entered the race in 2012 with great press, but went on to kill his campaign in part by tweeting stuff like, to be clear, I believe in evolution and trust scientists on global warming. Call me crazy. (laughs) Huntsman won no primaries and dropped out of the race after the New Hampshire primary. Yeah, you could fucking hear the precipitous free fall after that tweet. Right. So they say Kasich's record is considerably more conservative than Huntsman's. For one thing, he isn't in favor of same-sex marriage. And then when they look at the aggregate ideological ratings, which combine Kasich's congressional voting record, the ideology of his donors, and the left-right lean of his public statements, Kasich is about as moderate as Jeb Bush, John McCain, Mitt R- and Mitt Romney. Yeah. So in this list, they have... About 32 Republicans listed in this chart, and they rank them from less conservative to more conservative. Uh, You have Ted Cruz on the less conservative. No, I'm kidding. More conservative. (laughs) Then you have George Pataki as the least conservative. Yeah. And John Kasich is right under Bush, so leaning more conservative than Jeb Bush at about like 12th down. Jeb Bush, I mean, our liberal audience isn't going to like this, but Jeb Bush is not some crazy conservative. And for the matter, either was George W. Bush. Yeah, he was, you know, more a hawk, a hawk in in war and all of that, but financially even, I mean, he gave 16 billion dollars to Africa for in support of of anti-AIDS campaign. So, he he was a spender. His Medica- Medicaid expansion is the, the huge, huge Medicaid. He was not some radical, crazy conservative. So Kasich's problem, according to 538, is that he sounds a lot like Huntsman. That is, he defends moderate positions, often in a manner that comes off as condescending. (laughs) Most prominently, he has embraced Medicaid expansion in Ohio. Once challenged on expansion, Kasich yelled, quote, I don't know about you, lady, but when I get to the pearly gates, I'm going to have an answer for what I've done for the poor. (laughs) It isn't just what Kasich said, but how he said it. As Politico detailed, this type of reaction is fairly typical for him. He likes to yell and tell people, you don't know what you're talking about. Very Chris Christie-esque, <laughs> like I was saying, yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that plays in the in, on the campaign trail. I mean, he just gave a, an announcement speech, and now he's going to have to get on the stump, and we will see what comes of it. Another 538 article actually written by Nate Silver is about Bernie Sanders this week. Right. So people are trying to say that the Bernie Sanders surge is more about Hillary Clinton's failure than Bernie Sanders' success. Huh. They're trying to say that because she's losing ground, Bernie Sanders is taking that ground that she's losing. He's scooping it up as she's 
losing it off the back of the wagon. Right. But Nate Silver says the Bernie Sanders surge has a lot more to do with Bernie Sanders than with Hillary Clinton. More specifically, it has to do with his left populist politics. We're going to break some news here, he says. It turns out that some Democrats are really liberal and they like a really liberal candidate like Sanders. Right now, Sanders is winning about half the support of white liberal Democrats, but little support from other groups within the party. That works out to around 25 or 30 percent of the vote in Iowa and New Hampshire, but more like 15 percent among Democrats nationally. It's possible that Sanders' standing will continue to improve. If he goes from winning half of the white liberal vote to most of it, he could win Iowa and New Hampshire, though not very many other states. We talked about that. It 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 uh, it's this is one of those times where I can't really get my head around why he's not doing better with people of color in the Democratic Party. Why is he not just having a flood of support from Latino and Black voters in the Democratic Party? Because he, if anybody is like the Black Lives Matter candidate, it would be Bernie Sanders. Right. I mean he. He made his mark in the 60s standing up for civil rights and, you know, moved on into Congress doing the same thing. So it's odd to me that he's he's steeped in white people right now. He's fucking hip deep in white people. He, He needs to get that message out there more effectively to people of color. Right. All right. And then we'll end it this segment of Dollamocracy talking about our favorite Well, no, don't say our favorite. And this is going to be really quick. So if you're sick of the Donald Trump thing, just hang on. Well, here's what happened. Um, Lindsey Graham was on a news program. 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 And uh, they were asking him about Donald Trump and what's going on with Donald Trump and his surge and his popularity. And he called him a jackass. Mm -hmm. And then he went on another news program to talk about having called him a jackass, Mm -hmm. and this happened. He doubled down. One of Trump's rivals for the nomination is a close friend of Senator McCain. Senator Lindsey Graham joined (coughs) McCain Monday at a town hall in New York. They discussed the Iran nuclear deal. Graham is also strongly defending his longtime Capitol Hill colleague. Graham himself recently retired from the Air Force Reserve, and we're pleased to have him back in the studio. Welcome. Good morning. So explain to us what you think this Donald Trump phenomenon is about. Is it celebrity? Or is he saying something that has a response within your party? Well, I hope there's not much of a market for slandering POWs in my party. I don't think there is. I don't need a poll to tell Donald Trump it's not good to say that John McCain's a loser because he was captured in a time of war. It's not good to say that 11 million illegal immigrants are rapists and drug dealers when they're not. All I can say is that this is turning into a circus and there comes a and point damaging in time. the party. Yeah, I, I don't care if he drops out. Stay in the race. Just stop being a jackass. Mm-hmm. You don't have to run for president and be the world's biggest jackass. <laughs> very, very funny. Well, so this led Donald Trump, who was, I think, in Arizona, giving a speech. And this transpired after having heard that he was called a jackass. So Lindsey Graham says to me, please, please, whatever you can do. You know what I'm saying? I said, what's this guy, a beggar? He's like begging me to help him with Fox and Friends. So I say, okay, and I'll mention your name. He said, could you mention my name? I said, yes, I'll mention. And he gave me his number, and I found the card. 
I wrote the number down. I don't know if it's the right number. Let's try it. 202-228-0292. I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, it's three, four years ago, so maybe it's an old number. 202-228-0292. So, I don't know. Give it a shot. Your local politician, you know? He won't fix anything, but at least he'll talk to you. So the reason that audio got a little goofy there in the, in the middle when he's saying the numbers, because everybody's been trying to, trying to tamp down that number, whether it be delete it or bleep it out, and I enhanced the audio to bring that number out, because he said it publicly, it's public domain now. Right. Yeah, so that's why it sounded weird. Well, and even CNN has been blurring the paper because Donald Trump yeah. holds up the paper with <laughs> the number. But Lindsey Graham made a video today. It's very funny. We would have played it, but it has no words. Yeah, it's just it's like just... epic music and him right. smashing his phone or destroying his phone with fire and right. bricks. And... Right, throwing it off the roof of a building. Right, stabbing it, swords, baseball bats. Right, indicating that he's getting a new phone and changing his phone number. He, he has taken this with humility and humor because he he did tweet well i guess it's time for a new phone should i get an apple or an android right <laughs> so he, he's being a good spirit about it but donald trump if you didn't already think that he's an asshole now's the time folks he's he's an asshole well, this is just childish behavior well th this went down with him and anderson and then we're going to get off of this He's talking to Anderson about it, and he really is a petty, petty man. Uh, I didn't start it with Lindsey Graham. I couldn't care less about Lindsey Graham. He's registered at, I think, zero in the poll by Rick Perry from Texas, who was up in my office a few years ago. I just posted a picture of him shaking my hand, looking for money and looking for support. And he was up, you know, people say, you know, I call it hypocrite. But they're saying horrible things like, I don't even know these people. And they're saying these... Now, am I supposed to, you know, just say, oh, it's okay for them to say one guy, uh, I guess it was Lindsey Graham called me a jackass. So am I supposed to say, oh, it's okay if I'm called a jackass. I'm called a jackass. You have to fight back. The country has to fight back. Everyone's pushing our country around. We can't allow that, Anderson. Is it presidential, though? Uh, I think it's presidential to, give to out fight somebody's back. Phone, to give out a personal phone number. Of an well, that was a long story. I mean, you have to see the whole story, the way it morphed, okay? That was a whole story where he wanted to get on Fox and Friends, and he called me up out of the blue. I never met the guy. Then he wanted to come in for campaign contributions. He gave me a person. And then he starts hitting me years later, and I happened to have this crazy phone number, and I held it up. I said, this guy was over here, and actually... As you probably know, the room was packed. It was standing room only. In fact, they had other theaters. It was overflow crowds. They had all sorts of closed-circuit television into other rooms. The place went wild. We all had a good time. But is that presidential? I think so. I is think that it's fine. President? But is that presidential? I think so. I think it's fine. Yeah. So uh, when you have like a disagreement with... I don't a know, political Angela rival. Merkel or yeah, Vladimir Putin, you're going to be giving out like their phone numbers and their addresses and asking people to antagonize them. To say that it's sophomoric is giving it too much credit. This is junior high playground bullshit. Also, I'm not equating Merkel and Putin. I just want to. <laughs> that was just two examples of leaders. leaders. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm not putting them in the same category. All right. Calm down. Backstep. <laughs> So this leads us, and we're rapidly approaching this. I got another message today from someone with advice on how to do the debate 
episode. They recommended Twitch, which I'm going to look into. Thank you, uh, listener Jimmy, for that very much. Um, Let's talk about the debate and who is likely looking like they're going to be included in the first debate on August 6th. So it looks like Trump, Bush, Walker, Rubio, Paul, Carson, Huckabee, Cruz, Christie, and Perry. So, you know, Walker and Bush are and Rubio are the three realistic popular ones, mm-hmm. even though Trump is in the lead in the national polls. And the New York Times has him right now at 16.8% of being in this debate and Bush is at 14.4%. So that is leaving out Santorum, who, you know, he's run for president. We've seen him in the debates. We already know Santorum. We don't need to see you there again. Is that just my sentiment? He came on strong at the end of the campaign last time, so we will see. Um, I, you know, I, I'm I'm very eager for the debate, and I really hope that Fox doesn't shit the bed, and they really do a good job of asking tough questions and holding people's feet to the fire relative to answering the specific questions, or at the very least, calling them out and letting it be known, hey, you didn't answer the question. Or when they don't, okay, so you're not going to answer the question, that's fine, we'll move on. So the people it's looking like are for sure out because there there's some sampling error here that could be also they're not sure how they're going to handle ties and rounding. Right, right. So it's looking like Graham, Pataki, and Fiorina, Owen Jindal are all for sure out. Yeah. So it's going to be tough for them to make up the, any ground at all. Right. Well, I thought without Lindsay, that exposure, I thought Lindsey Graham. I mean, he's getting some exposure here. Yeah. That that would give him a little boost we'll but. see he's he's gonna have to make the rounds a lot more than he's doing well good hey listen before we move on i want to talk about amazon.com if you would like to buy something while supporting the show from amazon go to dollamore.com on the left hand side of the the page there there's a search bar that will get you through to amazon we would appreciate any purchases that you make there and if you're going to spend your money anyway why not help support your favorite show Filled with news, news and ridiculous comment, twice weekly, twice. A lot of work. Lots and lots of work. <laughs> All right, moving on to a bill coming out of my home state of Idaho, Congressman Raul Labrador, Mormon Congressman Raul Labrador, is proposing a bill. He's he wrote a bill. This isn't the original purpose for the proposed bill, but ultimately it would allow bosses to fire single women for getting pregnant. Right. So obviously in the wake of the SCOTUS decision favoring same-sex marriage, Republicans are pushing for legislation that aims to protect Americans who oppose those unions on religious grounds. But critics say the language is so broad, the Brill the bill creates a license to discriminate that would let employers fire women for getting pregnant outside of wedlock. The First Amendment Defense Act, which prohibits the federal government from taking discriminatory action against a person, is defined to include for-profit corporations acting in accordance with a religious belief that favors so-called traditional marriage. This means the feds can't revoke a nonprofit tax-exempt status or end a company's federal contract over this issue. The bill specifically protects those who believe that marriage is between one man and one woman or that sexual relations are properly reserved to such a marriage. 
Ian Thompson, a legislative representative at the ACLU, said that in addition to targeting lesbians, gays, bisexuals, and transgendered people, the bill, quote, clearly encompasses discrimination against single mothers and would hobble the ability of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the federal body that protects women from sex-based discrimination, to act. So, good job, congressman from the 1st District of Idaho. Just, what a dick. One more, one more addition to members of the congressional delegation to Washington from the state of Idaho who are getting it wrong. Raul Labrador said that, and he's the one who authored the House bill, he said that he strongly denies that it could be used in this way. It's just allowing people to continue to believe the way that they do. No one is saying they can't believe the way that they do, Raul. It's not that. It's when you give them the ability to impact the lives of others based strictly on their mythological beliefs that we have a problem. So Labrador's colleague, Bill Flores, a Republican from Texas, said, quote, we're not going to try to dance on the head of a pin here. This legislation protects an institution based on its sincerely held religious beliefs from persecution. Then Senator Mike Lee, Republican from Utah, who introduced the companion Senate bill, about a hypothetical university firing an unmarried woman for having sex at a wedlock, he said, quote, There are colleges and universities that have a religious belief that sexual relations are reserved for marriage, and they ought to be protected in their religious freedom. So he's okay with it? When given a hypothetical of a so, university firing an unmarried woman for having sex at a right. wedlock, yeah. Mike Lee Mormon, Raul Labrador Mormon, what's going on here? Are these Western Mormons losing their minds a little bit while their church is giving large donations to LGBT community centers. It, is it this like the, the last thrashing, like when you chop a, a chicken's head off and it runs around and thrashes about? Is that what's happening here? Well, how is this not viewed as a theocratic move? I have no idea. I mean, they are basing this on their own religious principles yeah. and attempting to make that the law of the land. Right. Now, isn't that a theocracy? It seems that way to me. No good. I'll tell you what is good. That was a perfect. You just lob that up for me. AshleyMadison.com this week got hacked and the hackers are holding them hostage and saying, if you don't shut down your business... We're going to release all of your your terrible, no-vow-valuing clients, your cheating, adulterer, philandering clientele. We're going to be releasing their names and addresses, their sexual fantasies, and whatever other pertinent, embarrassing information that we can release. Right. So Ashley Madison is an online site that facilitates cheating. So you sign up for the site. It's like a dating website, but it's for married people. That's right. The tagline is life is short, have an affair. Right. And I have to define that because I was in class last semester and I started talking about Ashley Madison and no one knew what I was talking about. And then when I defined it, people had never heard of it and they like were judging me that I knew what this was. Well, there's also it's pop culture. Your class needs to come out from under the fucking rock. Um, there's other sites, though. There's there's uh, Engaged Man and Cougar Life. Established Men. Established Men, Cougar Life, 
and Ashley Madison, all which do kind of uh, work the same function, which is allowing people in relationships to violate their, their vow to that person and cheat on them. So the company that owns Ashley Madison and those other sites, Cougar Life Establishment, is called Avid Life Media. And the hackers are going by the name The Impact Team. Yeah. So The Impact Team hacked Avid Life Media, and they want Ashley Madison shut down. That's what they're saying. They're saying, we have all this information. We want you to shut down. So they posted this. We are the impact team. We have taken over all systems in your entire office and production domains, all customer information databases, source code repositories, financial records, emails, shutting down Ashley Madison and establishment will cost you, but non-compliance will cost you more. We will release all customer records, profiles with all the customers, secret sexual fantasies, nude pictures and conversations and matching credit card transactions, <laughs> real names and addresses, and employee documents and emails. There's a lot of ands. It just kept going. Avid Life Media will be liable for fraud and extreme harm to millions of users. I'm, I'm, I'm very torn on this because what they're doing is really wrong. Yeah, it's a crime. It's not just a crime. I think it's... it's Ethically. R- it's wrong. Right. Yeah. However... It does bring me joy to know that these people, these cheaters, these liars who are who are putting their partners at risk emotionally and physically it's you know that something you know some retribution will be had. I I, I there's something poetic about it that I like. So Ashley Madison, they released some numbers here, and the website has around 13 million members in 17 countries around the world. And there's a list of the 10 cities with the most Ashley Madison members per capita. Yeah. Now, we'll just do like the top five. Yeah, let's do. So starting with five, because it's fun to do the countdown. Five is Oklahoma City. Okay. Conservative area. Four is Salt Lake City. Conservative area. Three is Phoenix. Yeah, pretty conservative. Two is San Antonio, Texas. Pretty conservative. And number one is Washington, D.C. Not conservative. <laughs> so it's probably all the, you know, politicians yeah, or yeah. people involved in that world. Yeah, bottom feeders. Well, that's interesting. We will follow this up and see what happens. I'm sure that it will make uh, big news. And maybe there's some listeners out there right now who are sweating bullets. Because they've uh, they've signed up for the site. Well, hopefully not. Yeah, well, you know, absolutely hopefully not. But, man, you're sweating if you did. We haven't done a Florida Files in a long time. We have not. Yeah. What is wrong with us? I don't know. Well, it, we we are waiting for the guy who owns the Florida gun supply shop mm-hmm. to declare his place a Muslim free zone. Mm-hmm. Brittany Page. Yes. He, this guy, Jason, whatever his name is, Andy. Andy. Yeah. Is it Andy? Andy Hallinan. Andy Hallinan. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said Jason. <laughs> he looks like a Jason. <laughs> this Andy Hallinan in this wildly well-produced video. <laughs> He uh, he's sitting in front of a Confederate flag. An elegant backdrop. Yeah, great backdrop. A wrinkly 
Confederate flag. He could have used that stuff that you, you know, you spray on and it gets the wrinkles out like magic. Yeah, it's a uh, fabric softener. Yeah. So he's, listen, he's not, I'm not going to play the whole five minute video. This is only the first, you know, few seconds and then the last few seconds. Enjoy. We're in battle, patriots. The leaders of our country want you to believe that this flag represents white supremacy, hatred, and intolerance. That's not true. During the days of the Civil War, a general remarked that it was difficult to tell the difference between the good guys and the bad guys on the battlefield. He suggested that we have a completely separate flag for battle so we can tell our forces apart from the enemy. This flag represents nothing but the rich heritage of the South and a willingness for patriots to stand up against tyranny of all sorts. I'm flying this flag today not because I'm a racist, because I'm not, and I'm not intolerant of others. In response to the latest terror attack, I've made a few changes to Florida gun supply. Effective immediately, our concealed carry classes are free. We're going to ask you to cover our hard costs like insurance, gun rentals, or ammunition, but the class itself will be free. Take this opportunity to get armed, get trained, and carry daily. Effective immediately, our shooting range is also open to the public for free. Because we want the public to be able to go out and practice in case we are ever called upon to defend our lives or our community. Now, I have a moral and legal responsibility to ensure the safety of all patriots in my community. And so effective immediately, I'm declaring Florida gun supply as a Muslim-free zone. I will not arm and train those who wish to do harm to my fellow patriots. The jihadists said they would do it, and they have. They said they live among us, and they do. We must be prepared, diligent, and equipped to handle any situation that might come our way. Ugh, are you kidding me? Because no Muslims are patriotic. Well, that's the other thing. It, I just, it fucking bothers me when someone overuses the word patriot. And that was only like a minute and a half, and he said patriot, I don't know, five, six, seven times. Mm-hmm. It goes on a lot in the five-minute video. I bet. He, he, he might say patriot 30 times. Yikes. We get it, guy. You're a patriot. <laughs> God. You're so much of a patriot that you want to discriminate against someone because of their, their faith, because of their religion. Right. So when he says, quote, I'm not going to be asking every person who walks in what their religious background is. That's not my business. But I do have the right to deny firearms and training to anyone I deem as a threat. Okay, so that pretty clearly means that you are going to be discriminating against people based on the color of their skin. Right. Yeah. So it's not going to be, hey, you don't look Muslim. You're okay. Oh, you look Muslim. We got a problem. Right. Because newsflash, there are white Muslims and black Muslims. Yeah. And all kinds of different races that are Muslims. No kidding. So. So what's this guy's name again? Andy Halladal. Um, Andy Hallinan. A Andy Hallinan from Florida Gun Supply. I'm sure he's on Yelp. You can go check out the business and see uh, see what it's all about. Taking care of biz. 
This show is just full of segments today. A lot, lot of segments. Yeah. Yeah. So Judd Apatow is taking care of biz. Uh, Judd Apatow is taking care of biz. Not only because Trainwreck was a fantastic movie, but because he has been one of the most outspoken critics of Bill Cosby from no, the no, beginning. No, don't answer that. From the beginning. Yeah. He has been outspoken on Twitter, on podcasts. Seriously, from the beginning. Yeah. When the accusation... When the accusations first started surfacing, he started criticizing Cosby publicly. Very open, yeah. And so he did some stand-up on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and it was hilarious. Yeah, it, it, the whole act was good. It, the, the whole thing was great. I mean, he did a whole bit about being Jewish and that any any drawing of, like, any caricature of him is just on its face anti-Semitic because... He, even just a photograph of him could have been used for Nazi propaganda. Right, right. <laughs> Which I don't think is so true, but it's a very funny thing to say. Anyway, so at the very end of his act, he got into this thing about Bill Cosby that was awesome. Uh, Cosby is still out on the road. Isn't that weird? He's like doing stand-up. What do you think his act is like? Do you think he's still talking about it? You think he like says like, you ever been in trouble with the wife? <laughs> Like, get into the doghouse with the wife, you're in the doghouse with the wife, because of something that you did. Like the other day, there was something about me in the paper, and uh, I didn't want my wife to read the paper. So I got up at five in the morning, and I snuck out to the driveway to get the paper, and I hid the paper, and the next day I got up and I hid the paper. And then the next day, I forgot to get the paper. And my wife, she said to me, what is this in the paper about the raping and the drugging and the women? And I said, do you like your life? Do you like the, the house and the jet? Well, then have a cappuccino and shut the flooring up. Do you like your life? Yeah, it's kind of what I intimated yesterday, or last episode yesterday, Jesus. Uh, it's It's got to be tough for her because there she doesn't have a life without Bill Cosby. They've been married for, you know, 150 years. Yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> very, very sad. But she's choosing to stay with an alleged quote-unquote, serial rapist. Maybe the, the the most heinous serial rapist in the history of our country. It, not, not good. Seriously. Crazy. All right. With that, with that little funny tidbit of Judd Apatow, not me, we are going to leave you. We love you. We appreciate you very, very much stopping by twice a week to get your, your dose of stupidity from your humble host, me. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Can you please get rid of your giant bowl of flame broiler, please? <laughs> <laughs>